Thought Bubble Audio. Up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who <laughs> are I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my fanfic friend, Frank. How are you today? I am fanfic-tastic. Oh, that's wonderful, mm-hmm. Frank. I'm so happy to hear that. I am happy to be here in the same room with you recording I, a podcast. I'm happy to be here in the same room as you as well. This is so exciting because it doesn't happen as much as we would like it to. That's right. Because you left me and moved away. I did. I moved. To I moved start north. your life in Kansas, mm-hmm. yep. north of where we are. Correct. Definitely north. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. North, definitely. Definitely north. We have a really good OPSEC. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we're drinking beer. We are drinking beer. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Flying Dog Belgian-style IPA. It's got a little bit of a crude name. Oh, yeah? Raging Raging Bee. Raging Bitch. Raging Bee. Mm-hmm. Raging R2-D2 sound. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. Uh, excellent. That is correct, sir. And what do you got there? What do I have here? I have a victory beer. It is a summer love ale. It's got a bit of citrusy hops, a lemon and pine kind of taste to it. Mm. It is pretty good. When you were a kid, did you used to did you used to chew on pine needles at all? <laughs> um, yes, actually. <laughs> Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's weird. You did that too. I did that too. Um, why did hilarious. we do that? I don't know. Wait, there was a giant pine tree. I mean, probably like close to 100 feet tall in my front yard, like Whoa. my whole life growing up. Um, and um, yeah, thing was huge. And yes, I would sometimes. And you would chew as a small child. Yes. Yeah, I. Yes. I had pine trees in the back of my yard. Okay. I don't know if you knew this. So if you looked on the map from where I lived, the woods directly behind my house was Sherwood Forest. Oh, that's, you map. made something that a long time yeah, ago. I think so. So there were a lot of pine trees. Sure. You know, as there are in Sherwood Forest, I guess. Yeah, right, exactly. But we used to just pick up pine needles or take them off the trees and just chew on them like we were <laughs> chewing on straw because we were from Kansas. Because you were little um, kids and you hadn't had a gin and tonic yet, but you kind of knew you were craving the uh, taste. Gin and tonic. Yeah. It, tastes, be, it, it really, tastes like a Christmas tree. It tastes like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Do you yeah. think we like gin and tonics because we chewed on pine needles? Maybe. Maybe that's the maybe that's the secret. Do you think we're like the way we are because we chewed on pine needles? <laughs> that for sure I think is true. Because <laughs> we were just like eight years old and like sitting under a pine tree chewing its needles and reading a comic book in the shade. Like that, just, that is so, it's so accurate. Getting sap. Getting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all over your us. fingers, all over the book. Ugh, yeah. Like, sappy pages that are stuck together. You probably read some Superman comics underneath that pine tree, didn't you? I, no. 
I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to sit in the front yard like and read like with people like people driving by and you know. No, I would have. No, I would have sat inside because I was a nerd. Well, or it's in the backyard where I'd, in I'm, the backyard privacy. But that's right. I mean, you had you had pine trees in the backyard. We so did. You could we, do that. We used to make uh, forts um, out of old comforters. We would like string oh, sure. ropes between trees and then we would just hang like a make it kind of a tent kind of thing. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, except that the bugs also liked to go right, inside sure. the tent. That's the downside. It is yeah. a downside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you read some comic books and I read some comic books and we we'll did. talk we about those comic books. But okay. specifically, I thought that we haven't made, we haven't had you make a list in quite a while. Yeah. One of your favorite tasks. One of my favorite things to do. One of my favorite uh, chores is <laughs> putting things in, in, uh, into lists. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Right. So, so I thought, so our five favorite Superman writers, because you're a big Superman fan, yes. I, I, I appeal to your taste. Thank you. I appreciate that. Way, that. Because if I ask for your five favorite Batman writers or Spider-Man writers per se, and feel like you might have a little bit more of a challenge. Uh, with, you know, with Spider-Man, I might be able to do if and with Batman to a point, but okay. definitely I'm more well-versed in Superman than anything else. Absolutely. So, I, so we'll appeal we'll appeal to you first. Thank you. Thank you. Next time we'll do our favorite Plastic Man writers. That and then sounds, we'll, yeah, yeah, totally. Let's I know, I know all of them. I bet you did. There's probably only been four of them. That's, <laughs> maybe. Uh, um, Tom Taylor, Gail Simone. I'm out. Simone wrote Plastic Man? She's writing a Plastic Man miniseries right now. That, I'm all over that. Yeah. Dude, I will read, I I mean, I'll read like almost anything she does, but like, that's amazing. Yeah, isn't that great? That's so cool. Yeah, I think Aaron LaPrestri is doing the art, the art I think. Oh, I like him. Yeah, I do too. Mm. Underrated. Yes, agreed. Underrated. But, but like, uh, he works a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's just, he's got that, like, Peter Tomasi, Peter, uh, Peter J. Tomasi kind of like, you're consistently good, yet why don't we laud you for it? I feel like it's the ones who are very, the, the artists in general, and I don't just mean art, like comic book artists, but I mean just like creators mm-hmm. of all art in general are the ones who are the most consistent or are the most overlooked because they are so consistent. Yes, I, I'd agree with that. I, yeah. Absolutely. A shame. I absolutely. So we probably have some overlap with, I'm our, sure with, our, with our writers. We must. So... Let's not do them in like this is my number one. This yeah, is my let's number not do two. That. Let's not do it's just generically top five somewhere in yes. the vicinity. Okay, and so that way, if we like, oh well, that's my number two, so I can't talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just whatever. So for, let's just do first name on your list, and then we'll see if he's also or she's also first on my name list. on my list. Okay, okay. Well, first name on my list is probably the one that we're both going to have, which is Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is on my list. Right. He's actually also the first one on my list, okay. too. So. I mean, he's the first one that comes to my mind, because he's probably my favorite comic book writer, period. You know, I was just thinking about that, too, because it almost feels like you... You know when you say, like, your favorite... Like, let's say your favorite director is Steven Spielberg sure. or something like that. It almost feels like a weird answer, because it's, it's so like, basic. It's basic. Yeah. But that's because they're the best. Yeah. It's actually because they're one of the best. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Jeff Johns is one of the best in the biz. Yeah. Even his most mediocre stuff is still sometimes way better than what other people put out. Still pretty good. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually reading his um, Hawkman book right now. Nice. How it, is that? It, it's good. It's yeah. really good. And it, it he was working with James Robinson, right. actually. Um, and they were plotting it together, and he was doing the word. So you can, like, 
feel him coming into his own because it was one of the first books he did at DC. That's cool. It's really, it's really, really cool. They worked together quite a bit over the years, didn't they? Because mm-hmm. then they worked on Superman for a little while, yep. and yeah, yeah. It, uh, JSA, JSA. That's right, JSA. A, yeah, for a while. Right. So it's crazy. So why is Jeff Johns one of your favorite Superman writers? I love the way Jeff Johns weaves together the old comic book lore. You know, when it comes to like what. Krypton was like and and mm-hmm. and Superman's origins and all this stuff. We used to go to the old comic book lore with the the um, Richard Donner stuff, yeah. right? And he he and, and this is the thing that he's well known for doing. Is he did taking, it with Richard Donner. He did it. In some he wrote cases, it with last, Richard Donner. Uh, last son of Krypton. Last, or yeah, just or just last son. son. Last son. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last son. Um, right there on the shelf. Yeah, that was um, that was a good example. But yes, he he is good at, at weaving together different continuity and making a new one. Mm-hmm. Adam Whole Cloth that feels that feels like um, it's a good compromise for people who were fans of both pre-existing yes. pieces, right? Yeah. So he manages to weave it in where you don't feel like you're missing anything. You're like, oh, but he took out this part of the story that I like. No, he kind of didn't. Like he manages to keep the best parts of both things and make something new out of them. Yeah, he he's he's accessible to new readers that way because they they recognize some story elements that they might be familiar with. Right. Like, Everyone knows Superman has the Fortress of Solitude. Exactly. Everyone, like, yeah. Yeah, or um, at least this is what the fortress looks like or this is where it comes from. Yes. This is what... Jarrell looks like when he talks to Superman in the fortress, something like that, and then you just see those things spring up. I mean, that's what Jeff Johns does. Period. Period. He makes outmoded, outdated, uninteresting. Not all these applying to Superman. No, no I understand. But, yeah, like he takes obscurity and turns it into popularity. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really nice way of putting it. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe the best the best example of that is not even a Superman example, but like just the simple thing of turning Green Lantern's yellow um, fear. weakness and fear and and making it something truly epic and actually scary and actually like that has some stakes and that you know hold, holds together in a story. I agree. Is like one of the most amazing accomplishments that he has probably ever had. We're still feeling story repercussions from Green Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah. In a way that, you know, like, writers are still just, not I wouldn't say copying, but they're just building on something that he built for years. Even just the fact that the new wave of DC titles was called Rebirth. Even right. just that. Right, you know, they're exactly. Still using that, brand That's, name. that started with him. Right. They're just doing what he did. Because it works, and it works so well, and I, it worked well with Superman. Actually, his Legion of Superheroes story oh, yeah. is one of the, with Superman, is one of the only ones where I'm like, oh, okay, the Legion, I get it. It's the only Legion book I own. It's the yeah. only Legion book I own, and it's, um, you know, for somebody who doesn't like the Legion very much, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I think what, but yeah, so it's that tying together of different elements. That, I think, is what he's so, what, what he does so well for Superman, and that he really nails every supporting character, and I really care a lot about those Daily Planet supporting characters. Agreed. I really, really I love care them. about them as much as I do Superman. Yeah, I really, yeah, and and so I, I really appreciate how well he handles them, too. I agree. Uh, Superman's Secret Origin is one of the best Superman books out there for making you understand character point of view. Yes. Why people think the way they do about Superman and why Superman think like feels the way he does about himself. Yep. It's great. It's wonderful. All right. So that's Jeff Johns. I'll do one from I'll do yeah. one from my list. Got a name we've already mentioned, Peter Tomasi. Oh, so great. Is one of my favorite writers. Never mind one of my favorite Superman writers because 
he, he one doesn't get lauded enough because he's consistent across mm-hmm. every book that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. But he understands character voice in a way that a lot of writers kind of can generically write. You know, like everybody's quippy or everybody's serious, right. or every, you know, or everyone's uh, heroic and responds this way or whatever. But he he understands individuality. He writes every character differently. Exactly. Yeah. And his Superman stuff over the past couple of years has been terrific. And I I was not I wouldn't say I was exactly against John Kent, the son of Clark and Lois, but it took some getting used to and it was only under Peter Tomasi that I was like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Actually and it was actually Peter Tomasi that made me like Damien too. Oh, sure. Because Damien under Grant Morrison I mean, he's had a real character develop real growth, but a lot of that came from a lot of that came from Tomasi. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can totally see that. Unbelievably, unbelievably good at the breadth of characters. Mm-hmm. Plus, his Death of Superman film is incredible. So good. I really, really enjoyed that film. Me too. I really, really did. We, we could do a whole episode on that. Absolutely. Yeah. We, I, I think I'd like to watch it again if we did. If I would we too. Did that. Yeah. Yeah. But I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, um, who's got me? Who's got you? Yeah, bit yeah. in there. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Peter Tomasi is my my next one. He's not on your list. He wasn't on my list actually, and I feel mm-hmm. bad for, for because of what I just said. Because he's so consistent, I did overlook him, and that, I'm guilty of it. I met him at New York Comic Con. Do you remember that? I, th- I think it might have been our first one. I think so. Maybe our second one. He was at. He was doing a panel with James Robinson and all that because they were on that Rucka and mm-hmm. right. They yeah. were they were that core group when we were when we were first really started reading yeah, yeah. comics. And I remember, I remember just being in the crowd with him afterwards. And he turned. He like made a comment to me. He's like, "Oh my god, all these people! I think this is like a fire hazard." Huh. And I was like. Yeah, you're right on. It is a fire hazard. <laughs> it is a fire hazard. Tomasi, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Can I be your friend? Yeah. Your work is so good, we'd rather create a fire hazard than not be in the room with you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A friend of mine, uh, Palmer, there's, you know, um, Palmer, everyone knows Palmer, I feel like, at this point. I think so. Um, he just met Tomasi a couple weeks ago and yeah. was like, still a nice guy? He said, yep. And I said, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when people are nice people. I know. And most of these creators, most of these comic book creators we've met really are. I don't think there's one mean person on this list it's, that oh, I yeah. have um, uh, that I have so far. No, I've met Jeff Johnson; he's nice. Mm-hmm. Met Peter Tomasi, and he's nice. Yeah, and I've got three more, and I've only met one more of them, and they were nice. I so. haven't met most of these guys, but 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 just in general, like whenever we've I or we have met comic book creators at cons, they're almost always really nice. Almost always patient, really nice. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's your next one? Dan Jurgens. Dan Jurgens is not on my list. Okay, nice. So we trade. I feel like we traded Tomasi and, and Jurgens. That was good. Um, I love Dan Jurgens. I mean, going back to Death of Superman, you know, from the, mm-hmm. the very beginning, like the, the very beginning, the, the early '90s, and yep. like that that seminal story. Um, you know, for, for the, he he's been on and off of the Superman books throughout the '90s, and now again in the, in the 2000s, and he um, has such a he has a very I feel a very specific sort of point of view on the character. Um, that is a, it's, it's, uh, um, very much in keeping with the, um, the burn John Byrne, 
you know, uh, uh, origin of, of, of Superman. And, and even into today, when he's writing the character today, it's still in that same sort of spirit. It's not exactly the same Superman, but it's the same spirit and the same sort of, he's the last son of Krypton. He's, he's got all this uh, responsibility on his shoulders, like a, that specific brand of Superman. There's mm -hmm. lots of different things within the character that you can uh, focus on, but that piece of like, he's come from another planet and he's here to protect us. And he feels this, um, weight. duty and yeah. his weight and responsibility um, that he's happy to carry. Like it's it's not easy, but he's still happy to do it. Um, it's it's not really like, easy to be me. Dun, dun, dun. I agree. Yeah. I I like Dan Jurgens, but I don't love Dan Jurgens. Okay, he's not on my list because sometimes his writing feels a little antiquated. I can understand that. I can it, appreciate it that. It just feels a little too. 90s i guess okay like you know what i mean yeah like, no, it's, no, it's, I, I, I think it's just a matter of taste I, story pace whatever sure, whatever yeah. it is pacing i can under i can understand yes for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's the only reason that he's not on my list okay. but i think he he certainly gets the character oh, obviously yeah. yeah but that's i i think that's my that's kind of my hold up interesting for, for me i also really like i actually you mentioned um jonathan young you know little mm -hmm. john kent um, with Tomasi, but I really like what Jurgens did with the character too. Jurgens invented the character? Question mark. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because he did the he did the um I always forget what it was called, but the the Lois and Clark. It's not Last Vows, right? It's... No, because that's Spider Man. Renew your vows. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah well, we right. we had this conversation once before on the show, and we did the oh, same really? thing. Yeah, we did the same thing. But but it, that that mini series that ended up getting folded into continuity. That's right. That was Jurgens, and I think that's where John originated. That's, that's where John originated. That's um, right. So I have a connection to you know to that. And no, no, I, that makes, I have ever since. It makes total sense. Do you do you like John? I like John a lot. Okay, I was I, at first I was unsure because mm -hmm. I'm like, well, this is a big this is a big thing to introduce, yep. and I very quickly fell in love with John. That's good. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's smart because the main core of comic book readers now are guys in their twenties, thirties, and forties. Parents, yeah. yes. So if like someone who's in who's twenty one, twenty two. Like not sure about that's not relatable to your core audience anymore, right? And I think it's a very smart move to give Clark that that thing where he can relate to the audience on something that they're a, a yeah. shared experience that they have. I never really agreed with that. Like, oh, you got to make them young for the kids kind of thing. Because when we were kids, it's like Superman and Batman. Like they were They've all thirty three. They were always adults, right? Like that didn't make me want to be them any less. Right. It actually made me not want to be the sidekick or like Robin or whatever right. because like they they were only a child. Yeah, I, I think that they are going to probably have some trouble uh, the comic book industry if they keep doing that because sooner or later, like you're gonna your readers are gonna age out, and then who are you? Yes, how are you gonna keep you know young people reading? Which well, I think is what they tried to do with the New Fifty Two by making everybody like twenty five. And, right and you know first day on the job type of stuff. Well, no, I think I think what my point to that is that I don't necessarily I don't think kids care what age they are. Sure, I agree. You know, I agree. I think there are some heroes designed to be that way. Yes, and then others that it just doesn't matter. But you don't need your main antagonists to be kids for kids to get it i mean even when we were kids the power rangers were supposed to be in high school but they certainly seemed a lot older because yeah, they were a lot older. they were right but i mean that didn't the high school bit wasn't the good stuff right you know right. what i mean like even something like 
the famous Jet Jackson. You remember that show? Yeah. The good stuff wasn't Jet Jackson or whatever. It was the, um, oh shoot, it was the other stuff. Whatever. Yeah, when yeah. he was being a super spy. Yeah, something it was, Stone. That, um, I'm like, I don't remember it. I didn't watch it. I don't. Oh, I just, anyway, I, that's okay. One look up. Do you care enough that you would look it up? Yeah, I do? actually do care enough. All right, there you go. Yeah, the famous Jet I, I, Jackson. I but I know what you're saying. Yeah, like it, it doesn't matter how. Well, and there are you're right. There are some heroes that are designed that way. Silverstone, Silverstone, Alicia, Alicia, Silverstone, Maxwell, mm. Silver Hammer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, bong bong. Um, I don't have a silver hammer, but I have a silver bell. Thanks, silver bells. Nope, out of season. Can't do that. Sorry, out of season. Yep. There's a YouTube yep. video of you singing that online. It's very nice. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah. your sister. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so pretty. <laughs> Makes me cry every year. That's weird. You shouldn't do that. I don't actually. Okay, good. All right. So that was our little diversion. Um, I'm gonna bring us back. Are you? Or is that everything you had to say on? That was on everything that? I had to say on Jurgens. Okay. Who was your list? So we're back. Oh to, yeah, we're I'm back sorry. to me. Yeah, that's back. To me. I was just gonna let you do it. No, but. Thank you for calling me out on it. All right. This is probably on both of our lists. Grant Morrison. Of course, it's on both of our lists. Excellent. I'm excluding his new 52 action comics run here. So am I, because I, I, I had to think, take him off the list. Which okay. he, Right, because then I had to take him off, because that was just crap. It was garbage. It was garbage. It was so bad. I don't disagree with the Superman wears a t-shirt and like pants you kind of thing. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think his storytelling method was a little off, too offbeat. That was the, that was the thing that ultimately bothered me more i was like i rolled my eyes at the t-shirt and jeans mm-hmm. but i was like whatever we all know it won't last this matter um but i what i i was already off put by that but that the story wasn't wasn't very good i don't think it was very good no no it i wasn't i don't think so either but i think that his jla superman is very yes. good and i mean he He's on the list alone for All Star Superman. That, that earns him like the a permanent opus place. of Superman yeah. stories. That, earn, that earns him a permanent place in that list. Absolutely, that, that alone. And and it really is. It is the it is the Superman. I have the absolute edition over there. You also have the statue. I do have the statue. From, yeah, that's right. It's based on the uh, on the cartoon mm-hmm. um, that you gave me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, All Star Superman is is the ultimate. Uh, Superman story because even people who don't like Superman read that book and they're like, okay, now I get Superman. Like, exactly. Like within the context of this story, I get Superman now. Exactly. Exactly. It can be a slightly offbeat, but not enough to dispel readers, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, like when Lex, like everything's connected and blah, blah, blah. This is how he sees. Like, I think it's like, it's just at the cusp of unbelievability. Yes. Or like the Superman from the future or stuff, yeah. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But there are some scenes in that, in that store, in that book that it's like the 12 feet of Hercules or yes, it tw- is 12 feet of Hercules. 12. There are 12 of them. 12, 12, 12. Jackal. Jackal. Is it a Jackal? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll use a lookout for that. I mean, nah, it's okay. I'm pretty sure it's 12. Pretty sure it's twelve. I'm I'm pretty sure it is too. You're making me doubt it now, but because you keep saying the number twelve, so I'm like twelve doesn't sound right anymore. No, but it sounded six, right when he started. Six is good. Six is good. <laughs> six times two is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, so All Star Superman. But I get it. Yes, it's like it's like an anthology or a um, it's like little vignettes from his life, right? That that like the Hercules. Well, so, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, he's it's wrapped around the idea that Superman is dying. Yes, but then he has like 
these different tasks that show you the the different aspects of Superman. So it encapsulates everything about the character in twelve issues, right? Or whatever it is. I think it was twelve. Is it twelve because there are twelve feats of Hercules? Ah, yeah, and there's twelve in a maxi series. Also that. Yeah. That's, However, yeah, I think it just all fits. It just all it's all connected. Yes, it's all connected. Um, it's a fantastic story, and if you haven't read it, and if you, especially if you don't like Superman, but I mean, re- even if you do, I was skeptical going in because I was like, "This is the Superman book for non-Superman fans," so like, I probably won't like it because I am a Superman fan. But no, it's it's just it's good for everybody. It's mm-hmm. just good. Yeah, it's just good all around. It's just good. It's fantastic. Exactly. Who's next on your list? Next on my list, um. Mark Miller Millar. I'm never sure how to pronounce his. Mark his Millar is yeah. not on my list. Red Sun alone puts him on that list for me. Yeah, you know, he was on my list for that. And then I thought, well, he's not really like Superman in that. So That's I That's fair. So I took him off. I t- I um took off somebody else and put him on, put Millar on. Oh. Because the uh, and I'll I'll get to this later. I have sort of an honorable mention story. I can kind of I can quickly list some names, but um, there's somebody else on there that had something that was even less qualified than Red Sun to be considered a Superman book, which I'll explain when we get there. I think I know what you're. You talking might have about. an idea of what I'm talking about, but um, Red Sun is I've said it many times is the first um, graphic novel that I ever read. Mm-hmm. I it like opened my mind so like comic books can be more than just like Silver Age stories of you know, Superman chasing around Mrs. Spitalik and making him say, him and disappearing. Like, right. it, it, it totally changed my, my whole perspective on comics. And mm-hmm. I was admittedly late to the party, but I was a kid. What do you want? Um, right. And, and so it really, yeah, I like went to my comic book shop and was like, saw one of the issues and was, was captivated by the cover. And I was like, what is this? And the guy was like, do you like Superman? I was like, yeah. It's like, you're going to freaking, you're going to lose your mind over this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I bought the first issue and then I was hooked and I, and I bought the rest. But I absolutely love that book. And and again, because of the inventive storytelling there, I put him on this list for that one one story alone because it was so important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a it's an an incredibly well detailed story that I guess in in essence is still Superman. Like he's still super, yeah. he's so recognizable f- just from a like a. Almost like a funhouse mirror perspective, right? But he's like, so like I could argue that say like the Dark Knight Returns is a funhouse mirror version of Batman. Like it's not really Batman. Like right. he's a little more violent. He's very much more depressed than than normal, you know, so on and so forth. But he's still absolutely recognizable as that character. Yes, and so arguably Red Sun is in that same vein. I love that story. I love it so much. Why I can't haven't wait. we seen that as an animated movie yet? I, I, they did do a motion comic of it. I remember. That was mm-hmm. horrible. Horrible. It's no good. So bad. Motion comics are the worst. They are, but that you motion think comic. think they're going to be fun, but they're just so slow They're moving. not good. Yeah, no, they're not. But that motion comic was better than the Watchmen motion comic, which I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, yes. But that it's is trash. It is so That is trash. Boring. I'm sorry. It's and just and Watchmen is long in the Already. first place. So to read so then to watch it at that pace, like even slower than what you would read it, is is crazy. The thing that really bothered me about that is they couldn't even be bothered to cast actors in it. Mm. They just have one person doing all the voices. Yes, no, it's like an so audio it's an audiobook, book. but with pictures. Yep. It's so horrible. It's it's not mm-hmm. worth your time at all. Um but the Red Sun yeah. Uh, you're right, Red Sun should be animated because it's fantastic. What do you got next? 
Next uh, next on my list is Jeff Loeb. Nice. He was on one of my honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Love him. Jeff Loeb did Superman for all seasons, which is a great, great Superman Sublime. story. It was actually kind of the Superman story that you would give to people before All Star Superman. Like if they needed yeah. like a this is why Superman's great primer kind of book. on Superman. Yeah, yeah. This is why Superman's great. Here you go. Man for all seasons. Yep. Superman for all seasons. Yep. Play for a man for all seasons. Exactly. He does not get his head cut off at the uh, end. But for whales. And he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> this book was one of the things that um, they used as a template for Smallville. I didn't know that. Yeah. When um, when uh, Al Goff and Miles Miller were pitching the show, they used this as like the template of like the, the temperament for their Superman and, and, and all of that. Hot diggity. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, cool, right? I said hot diggity and, in a sentence. You did. And then Jeff Lowe became a producer on that show for many years. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense yeah. now. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. To go continue on the Jeff Loeb train. Yes. Superman, Batman, of course, the series. Yes, is not strictly speaking a super just a Superman story. But he wrote a whole bunch of Superman. But in he the book. wrote so much Superman in that book, and he that Superman is the best. It's so great because I think the interplay. I always like when Superman and Batman are on screen together because somebody like Jeff Loeb really gets the core of their friendship. Both of them. They're not just allies. They're not just teammates. They're like, they're really friends, but they're so diametrically opposed in so many ways. But he gets them so well. I completely agree with you. There's a scene in Public Enemies in which, so like Clark, Superman is shot by Metallo with a kryptonite bullet. Yep. And they're trying to make their way back to the Batcave through the sewer. Yeah. And, uh, And Superman asks why... Why don't the good villains die? And Batman's like, Clark, what the hell are good villains? <laughs> and like that, like that little scene to me is so Superman. It's very emblematic. Yeah, and so I, I'm a hundred percent for Jeff Loeb. Yeah, yeah Jeff yeah. Loeb's a great writer. Period. Yeah, but he really gets those characters in a way that maybe he doesn't write the other ones as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But but and that's. I mean that's kind of it's like a weird thing to say because he he writes them all well. Yeah, but I, I think, understand. But he really gets yeah. Superman and yeah. Batman. So yeah. he nails those two so hard, like mm-hmm. so well. Yeah, for sure. No, Jeff Loeb definitely belongs on this list. And and then he wrote he wrote stuff for for the actual Superman title for a little. I mean, like Emperor Joker. He wrote. Yep, that's um, right. War of the. Uh, whoosh. Or, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was around that same period, the early 2000s. Yeah, it's like a big chunk story. Ed McGinnis was an Our artist. World's at War? Our World's at, world's at War. Our yeah. World's at War, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he he's pretty seasoned on, on the character. Mm, Emperor absolutely. Joker is pretty good. If, 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 I don't think I've ever read Emperor Joker. Really? It's pretty, it's interesting. It's it's a really cool, like, it's it's cool to have, like, Superman and Batman and Joker in one story. It's an interesting uh, hmm. sort of, yeah. It's it's different, but it's okay. I, I, It's been a long time, like, more than 10 years since I last read it, so it's... A little fuzzy in some of the details, but I sure. remember liking it a whole lot. I, Joker and Mix Pitlick, right? I think so, yes. Caltipsism? Yep. Yeah. I think so. Cool. What's next on your list? Um, ne- uh, Grant Morrison next, so that brings me to my last of my five, and that is Mark Wade. Me too! Yay! Yay, we did it! So we had like four of the same <laughs> yep. five or something? Um, uh, we had Tomasi th- and Jurgens. We had three out of five, okay, both cool. of us. Cool. And we somehow ended on the same person. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So Birthright is my main thing for, for Mark Wade. And Kingdom Come. And Kingdom Come, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Birthright, um, especially right when it was coming out, mm-hmm. got a lot of crap. 
Yeah. Um, so it was supposed to be the new, as it was being released, it was like, oh, we are like retconning Superman's origin story. Here's the new origin story. Right. Uh, basically, the continuity had been messed up so much. They were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna write a new. Here's like, your definitive new definitive new definitive origin story that like happened before all the stuff you've been reading in the comics today. And Birthright was really good and really interesting. It was different. A lot of the film Man of Steel takes its cues from Birthright. From Birthright, yes. The whole, the, just the idea of having Clark be a reporter in was it the Amazon or like in the Afri- jungle? He was in Africa. He was in Africa. I guess it's only ten years since I've read it, so right. forgive me. Um, but in the jungle, like uh, uh, being like embedded, uh, you know, assignment reporter for years. Uh, and having that whole like background, yeah, I think I think he's supposed. I think he's actually in a couple. Of, so you might be right because I'm pretty sure he's in a couple of different places, but he's around the world. Oh, in that yeah, way. but that's a, this. I like that so much as opposed to him showing up out of college or whatever, being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go work for the Daily Planet." Right? Uh, no, you're not. No, he does. He pays his dues. He and and it, it stresses that he's a reporter, like mm-hmm. just as much as Lois is. Because I think that gets thrown to the wayside sometimes. Where like Lois is the is the hard nosed reporter, and Clark also likes to write. Right, Clark does it because he can hear the news right. and what's happening and right. stuff. But right. he actually doesn't need the he doesn't need. The Daily Planet, current Superman status with powers, doesn't need the Daily Planet to know what's happening in the world. Right. 50s Superman, maybe. Like, the 30s Superman, that made sense. Right. But now, that's not, like, a necessary He can hear anything at any point across the world. He doesn't need the Daily Planet to be Superman. He needs it because it's his other way of helping people. Yes. So I I love I love that um I I I just don't think the story was very much appreciated at the time because people were just like I don't know I guess it, is, it was different and they didn't like that it was different um and so pretty quickly DC backed off from it being the new or, uh, official origin story and they're like never mind there's a new one coming eventually and that's when we got Secret Origin from Jeff Johns like five years later or something it was way more than five years later was it more yeah check that's your one look that's up. my one Use look that. up all right Secret Origin. Because Birthright came out before we were reading comics, I think. Birthright was what? And oh, then Secret Origin came out while, while oh, Jeff... 04. Birthright was 04. So you're right. Yeah. Well, wait. It was 04? Really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah, older. Yeah, it wasn't than, that's that. crazy. No, it's not that old. I remember when I read it, it hadn't been out for that long. And then 2010 was uh, Secret Origin. So, so six years six later. Six years, that's not yeah. a lot. And actually you're it started right. in 09, so it was, it was five, if you count that way. But wow, yeah. you're right, that's not it was a only, lot. It wasn't a long time later. I remember that the debate was still raging in like the DC Comics forums and stuff about like, wow. you know, do you like Birthright or not? Because um, I used to read the forums. Back when the creators used to comment on the forums. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Nope. I mean, technically they comment on Twitter now. Yeah, so yeah sure, sure. It's not that much different. But it was like in this insular place where we were all just talking about the books like mm-hmm. Jeff Johns would pop in and be like yeah no that, that was what I was thinking for issue number six um, I love when people do that I know it's so cool uh, but yeah so 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 I feel like Wade got a lot of crap um, on Birthright but it's a really good story and Kingdom Come tremendous story one of the biggest works in the whole history of DC Comics mm-hmm. and it's an Elseworlds story but it's one of the most significant stories to ever come out I mean Mark Wade writing Alex Ross doing all the art like I think it might have been one of Alex Ross's first like full length feature. I think Marvel. I was just saying, came Marvel's might have been first, and then Justice. I'm not sure if King Justice or Justice. Justice was in the 2000s. Okay, because I was okay. reading comics when that was coming out. Because okay. I have some of the individual issues. Got it. Got it. But Kingdom Come was Kingdom 96. Come was 96. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah. So that was, you're right. That probably was an early one for him because Marvel's might have been like 94, 95. So it, probably his first DC work or one might of them. Be. It might be his first feature. Full, full length, not just like yeah. covers. I haven't read it in so long. I, I should, haven't I should read it again. Last time I read it, I probably didn't even know all of the characters that were in it. I probably didn't understand it fully at the time. Like I didn't get it. that Billy Batson just looked like Shazam. Oh. Like adult Billy Batson yeah. is just Captain Marvel. Just, That's right, what he looks right. like. Yes. So he just, when he says Shazam, his costume, his clothes change, but, but that's, that's it. it. Yeah. His face doesn't. Yeah. I didn't get that when I, cause I didn't know who Captain Marvel was. Right. right. So I should go back and I should go back and read it again. You, you said you had some honorable mentions. I do have some honorable mentions. Yes. Do you have yes. any last thoughts on kingdom come? Um, it's fantastic. And everyone needs to read it. If you're a DC fan, right. That's, on. that's it. Um, Okay, well, right now, Brian Michael Bendis. I'm, yeah, I'm I, really I mean, enjoying his work right now. I think every issue... I didn't love Man of Steel. I thought it was a good kind of, like, primer, but he didn't. it didn't feel very Bendis-y to it, me. It didn't feel very complete to me. No. It, it, it felt like a six-issue... Prequel. Well, it felt like, like just six issues of action comics, like, mm. you know, kind of ripped from the midst of midstream of, of, yep. of a story on each on either end of it. It didn't feel like it had a beginning, middle and end. It was just I like agree. a storyline happening in the run of action comics something like that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I enjoyed it a whole lot. And the only reason I put him on on honorable is because like, it's still too soon to know like what his it's too soon to tell era is going to be. I agree. But I think he's I think he's becoming more comfortable as as we go. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, I had Loeb on here. Brian Q. Miller. Um, Brian Q. Miller. I really enjoy Brian Q. Miller, and he wrote he wrote you know like a bunch of the best episodes of the last like three seasons of Smallville, mm-hmm. and then he wrote the season eleven comic, which was really good. Which was really good. It was really good. It's my favorite season of Smallville. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I can I, I I understand. It was a really really good. So I think he deserves it just for that because in season eleven he was writing superman yeah that's superman right by that point so right but he was writing smallville superman, smallville which superman. is a it's a distinct superman exactly and exactly. I, I really enjoy i really enjoyed it i actually meant to go back a long time ago and actually reread it that is worth a reread i haven't read it since it was coming out yeah 2011 it's a lot because it's a weekly right yeah right yeah. it was weekly so i miss those digital weekly the adventures of superman that was coming out in like 2012 2013 whatever you it was. need to read injustice then <sighs> yeah you told me this it's the best justice league book on the market yeah, right yeah, now that's what you said. it's so good all right all right i will i will okay I'll, I'll it made me it. like booster gold frank wow and you i love booster gold already you don't like booster i know gold. That it made, made like... me like booster gold all right now that's a that's a selling point right there all right that's, i have a trip coming up so maybe i'll read that on the plane okay um and then my last one is kurt busiek yeah, he's good. For, he's, specifically for Superman's Secret Identity. Yeah. And that's, that's the that's the book that I was going to say that that, that that knocked, Mark Miller knocked Buziak off the main five list because, because Secret not. Identity is not really a Superman book. Yep. Um, it's a great book, though. And, oh, it's a beautiful, I've had it actually sitting on my iPad. I've been meaning to reread it for like weeks now and it's mm. been sitting there. And I'm, I understand. I'm going to read it when the next chance I get. But um, Superman's Secret Identity is a fantastic, like that could be a movie. Uh, it's it's such a beautiful story of a kid whose name is Clark Kent and he like gets teased for it all the time and he like hates mm-hmm. in this world Superman comics exist and he hates but Superman doesn't Superman doesn't but Superman comic books exist and so he gets teased for being named Clark Kent his whole life and he hates Superman because he's like hates this that he gets teased for it and then he slowly starts to get Superman's powers in real life and he has to like deal with all the repercussions of like becoming mm-hmm. super as like a teenager he's in high school 
Um, and it's, I'm telling you, it's different than any other. It's different than a Spider-Man story. It's different than any other teenage superhero story. It's a beautiful piece of work. It's like a love letter to, to Superman. It's, it's excellent. Oh, it, yeah, it was like very moving for me. I really, really, really enjoyed it. They're doing a Batman one right now. Like a Batman Secret Identity? Yeah, it's not called that. But, but it's that idea. But it's that idea. That's cool. It actually takes place in Boston. Oh, actually. cool. Um, and they, the ours really did their research. I knew it was Boston before they said it was Boston. Nice, that's I was great. like, wow, that looks like that looks like Back Bay. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And then a couple, they're like, oh, blah, 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 Boston. And I was like, wow, uh, that's nice. awesome. Um, it's really good. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It's not like the kid decide is his name's not Bruce Wayne. Okay, it's like Bruce Wayneland or something like. So it's it's like, similar, it's close. Yeah. But um, it's not like he dresses up as Batman. It's like, it. it's a different. It's a totally different twist. But um, it's really good. So if you like Superman Secret Identity, I recommend the Batman one. Awesome. I don't think it's done yet. I think there's one more issue left. Okay. But it's so it started coming out though. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure it's four issues great. and there's three done. I mean, I want to check that out. Cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds that sounds great. Cool. Ah, yeah. oh, these books are also great. Indeed, they are. Talked about so many wonderful stories today. And, and I I think we pretty much wrapped it up too. I think so we did the good stuff. I think so. I think we did pretty good. I think so too. So we can find each other on the interwebs. On the interwebs yeah. at beerwithgeeks.com and mm-hmm. Facebook and Gmail and mm-hmm. Twitter. You can check out all other Thought Bubble Audio shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us in all the places that podcasts can be found on the interwebs. And you can find Frank in real life coming up quite soon. Yeah, just a few days from when this show comes out, uh, Stark Expo Live. Um, actually, uh, if I'm timing this out right, it'll be tomorrow, I think, question mark? Um, yeah, I think it'll be tomorrow um, that, as of this comes out. September 1st, if you're in Dragon Con. Come hang out with us. We will be at Switchyards Downtown Club. Uh, you can buy tickets at the door if you want. Come on in, hang out with us. Brian Austin Green's gonna be there. It's a live night of podcasting for charity. It's all for a good cause. Um, so come check it out with us tomorrow. Come check it out. Come hang September first. Cool. All right. Well then, we can do this actually in person. So yes, we can. So, so until, until next time. time cheers. cheers.